This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you are listening to episode 14. I confess, I love them crawfish. Confession and crawfish are on the menu today, and we will reflect on the power of the sacrament of confession in our lives, and we'll also examine this peculiar delicacy of South Louisiana, crawfish. Crawfish season is now in full swing, and this week we have, or at least we will, by the end of the week, have participated in five crawfish boils. Wow. The season started off very slowly in January, but we seem to be doing fine now. Uh, We have some feedback also, and have a few recommendations of articles and blog posts that may be of interest to you. Now, as a sacrament, confession was instituted by Jesus. We see evidence of this in the New Testament and from the fathers of the church. It is known as one of the sacraments of healing. Lent is the time when many people avail themselves of the sacrament of confession, but there are many who don't. One of the unfortunate facts of life in the church today is that we have long lines for communion, but short lines for confession. As my pastor, Father Bill McGuff says, a parish where few parishioners go to confession is an anemic parish. It's a dying parish. So we have crawfish, those wonderful, delicious, beautiful, ugh, just ugh, things. And confession too on the menu today at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. confession is so vital to the practice of the faith. As a matter of fact, it's listed as one of the six precepts of the church. You know, we're supposed to confess our sins once a year, but statistically, very few people keep this precept. Now, in my experience in working with teenagers, uh, typically, if you're able to explain to them what the sacrament's all about in a language that they can understand, then they, they become very open to the sacrament. Now, that's not necessarily what happens with adults. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, adults, if you try to explain or encourage adults to go to the sacrament, if they've been away for a while, um, you you tend, at least in my experience, you tend to meet with a lot of resistance. Uh, But for teenagers, they tend to be very open. And I know that uh, Kyle Sanders, seminarian for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, he mentioned something similar to that last episode about youth ministry and how dynamic it is and how wonderful because teens are open. Really, in many ways, they're more open than than adults are. So I tend to explain confession to teenagers in the following way, and I do that to try to make it relevant for them so that they will be open to receiving that sacrament. It's like, you know, one of the first questions or one of the first um, issues that teenagers can have with confession, they say, well, why do I have to confess to a priest? Why can't I just kneel down next to my bed at night before going to bed and just pray and tell God my sins and ask him to forgive me? And whenever they they say that, and I've had that question asked to me many times, 
uh, whenever they say that, my first response back is to say, well, when was the last time you knelt down by your bed and asked God to forgive you? And there's usually a lot of silence. <laughs> um, because it's nice to say, right? It's nice to say, okay, we, we kneel down by our beds and ask God to forgive us, but how often do we really do that? You see, it's hard because there's no real accountability. There's nothing happening outside my self, really. Um, we do the same thing, and I, I've, I've said this before to, to teens. You know, when someone says, hey, can you pray for me? Or so-and-so is sick, and they're, um, you know, they really need prayer. Can you pray for so-and-so? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll pray for them. Or, hey, look, I'm prayed for you today. Or I'm praying for you today. Or whatever. I mean, those are really wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful to pray for people. It really is. And But I, what I have found in my own experience is that oftentimes it's just a polite gesture. It becomes a polite gesture, right? Oh, I prayed for you today. Oh, so-and-so doesn't feel well. I will pray for them today. And it's just real amorphous and real sort of not concrete, right? Uh, and it becomes very trite. It becomes just a polite thing to say. But if you come back and you say, I prayed a rosary for you today, or I offered mass for you today, or, oh, you're struggling with all of this? Look, I will, my family and I, we're going to pray the rosary tonight, and I will pray for you and for your intentions. That's different because now you have put a picture, you have put an image, you have something concrete together with this intention of praying with someone. So it's something very solid. It's, it's, it, it, now it makes sense. And now it means something because it's not just this sort of, okay, you know, good intention, sort of, yeah, I'll pray for you thing. It's very specific, which is wonderful. But what I find is that it, the same thing with confession. You know, if you, if you are only... Um, Kneeling down by your bed to pray to God, there's no real accountability, first of all. And secondly, um, how often do you do it? And I know I'm repeating myself, but really, how often do you do it? But if you make a practice of going to confession, guess what? There's accountability because you're going in front of another human being and telling them your sins. Now, you have the, 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 uh, the confidence knowing that they can't repeat anything you say, so that's really good. But you're going before another human being This so much accountability there, right? And you receive forgiveness from from this other, you are through, I should say, through this this human being. Uh, and it's very concrete, isn't it? It's not just this, you know, I have this intention, I have these, you know, this sincere sincere wish to ask God to forgive me. I mean, you're you're very specifically, you're going, you're kneeling down or sitting down in front of a priest. And you're saying your sins, and you're asking for forgiveness, and through the ministry of the church, that priest is able to grant you pardon and peace, very specifically. And at the end, what does he say? You know, you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You know, uh, go in peace. It, it's it's wonderful, and it's very specific. And it's funny because a lot of times people have, and in teens included, have a problem with the uh the whole confession thing and it's it's it, in a, in our society one of the most i guess respected institutions that developed in the early part of the 19th the 20th century was 
Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, what's at the core of Alcoholics Anonymous? Two things. You make a heartfelt search of your, your past, right, of your conscience, basically. You make an examination of conscience of any and all people that you've harmed and any and all things that you've done wrong involving your addiction. And then after that, you make an appointment with a trusted person, and you're able to just unload all of this stuff on them. Or not really on them, but in front of them, right? And you go into detail about all the bad things that you've done, and you get it all out. And one of the beautiful things about this experience, and I can't remember which steps those are, five and six, four and five, five and six, I can't remember, but whatever they are, the important thing about this, the most beautiful thing about this is that once you have finished getting all the garbage out, what does that other person do? That other person continues to love you. And that other person continues to show you that you are forgiven, that all this stuff is, is gone, right? And, uh, and still respects you as a human being. So it's, once again, something that's very concrete. But isn't that what we have available to us every Saturday in the Catholic Church and often uh, by appointment during the week in some parishes, big parishes may have it at a different time during the week as well? Uh, confession which is the sacrament where we get to take our sins and all the ugly stuff in our lives and lay it down at the, feet, at the foot of the cross and we ask God to forgive us and God who is so ready to forgive is right there with a human being and with a human voice. He says, your sins are forgiven. I forgive you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, my child. Your sins are forgiven. Isn't that wonderful? Did you, Grace, did you want to say anything about confession? You're going to be making your confession, first confession next year, right? Yeah. Did you want to say anything about confession? You've seen your brother and your sister make their first confessions, and what do you think it's going to be like when you make yours? Uh. Scary. Scary? Why? I'm shy. You're shy? Oh, my goodness. And and, did you see Christopher and Annabelle come out all happy? Yeah. Yeah? Are you going to be all happy, too? I don't know. You don't know? I think you will. I think you will. I think I'll be like, I'm so lucky I'm not scared. You're so lucky anymore. you're not scared anymore. Oh, I think so. That'd be good. There's kind of a mystery about it too, huh? When you've got to make your first confession, you've never been before, so you don't know what to expect, huh? Like when you didn't do some before, like you're scared to do it. Right. You can be scared to do it if you've never done it before. You're right. But the good thing, at least in our parish, I know, is with all the, the children who are going to make their first confession... Um, which they call first penance or actually first reconciliation now. We used to call it first penance or first confession. Uh, what they do is they, they have practice confessions where they'll give the, uh, the children a list of pretend sins, right? things that aren't their real sins, and somebody will sit in the confessional. They'll go in and practice and just you know do this. This is part of their regular uh, catechism or PSR or CCD, I don't know, it's called by many names today. Uh, it's part of their class, and they'll do this a few times before they actually go to 
first reconciliation. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Sorry, this is the fun V. The humdrum V's back there. Well, while we were on break, uh, Grace, my seven-year-old Grace, uh, told me of a wonderful idea that she has. What is it? Um, I, my idea is I could make a cookbook. Because when I went to school, I made a cookbook. And I want to make some of my own recipes and make a cookbook with it. And then once we make one of them, our dad could take a picture and put it on Catholic Foodie. Very cool. And after that book is done, we'll have to have you on the show and you can tell us about some of the recipes. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, we're going to talk about fast food now. And, Grace, what do you think about fast food? I don't like it. I don't want to eat it when I grow up or when I'm young. Wow. And what kind of food... You want to stop doing that thing right there? What kind of food do you like? Healthy food, like salad, tomatoes, cucumbers, carrots, stuff like that. Stuff like that? What are we going to eat tomorrow for lunch? Crawfish. Oh, good. Crawfish. All right, honey. We are at a crawfish boil, which is really, it's a huge party where they're boiling crawfish. How many people do you think are here? Oh, a couple hundred. A couple hundred, huh? And they got like 400 pounds of crawfish to boil, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, uh, I'll say a couple hundred. They've been yeah. very, very good. Uh, I just got a batch that were, or a tray, I should say, that were, they just didn't soak long enough and they're not really very seasoned. But because the first batch was so good, I'm going to overlook that fact. <laughs> I also see that they have more right now that are soaking, so I anticipate more that are really, really good. Now, how many crawfish boils have we gone to this season so far in the last several months? Uh, I'd say, well, since what? Since the season started around, what, January, December, January? Yeah, this is only the second one. Second one. And is that normal for us? Guess not. No. No, it has been for the last few years, actually. When when does the season run? You know. I don't. Officially. Well. Well. Based they start upon our in November. But start in November, but they're not very plentiful and they're very very expensive. Yeah. So most people start boiling around Mardi Gras. 
Yeah. So that's February-ish. Lent in Louisiana, South Louisiana at least, is uh, renowned, I guess, for crawfish boils. Yep. Fridays in Lent, tons of crawfish boils all over the place. And, uh, but not this Lent. Mainly because they have been so expensive. And um, they're expensive because the, the hurricanes like Gustav and all that that happened in the fall apparently really impacted, they really impacted the, uh, the crop. We were I mean, in a there drought. Was, well, it's that, but it's also the fact that there was uh, tons of debris from the hurricanes that impacted the, the, the ponds and the rivers from which crawfish come. But also... There was a, 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 what do you say, not an invasion, but a, um, pretty much like an invasion. There's a word for it, I can't think of it right now, but so much salt water came into inland, inland, right? Brackish water? That it, huh? Brackish water? Right, that it, it, it affected the ponds and the rivers so that they're not producing as much crawfish. Or, they're producing crawfish, but they're so small. Now, some quote-unquote experts predict that the crawfish season this year is not going to be very plentiful and there are others that say it's going to be plentiful it's just going to come late so I think we've mentioned the past did you read this? yes I did did. I did some research the other day Um, I think we've mentioned in the past that uh, crawfish I've seen crawfish what 379 a pound at one point it was unbelievably expensive It's, it's like never that high it's usually two-something, maybe, uh, in the beginning of the season. But the other day, apparently, it's, it's going down. The other day, you saw it for, what, $1.69 or something like that? So it's coming down, but uh, it's still not down to where we usually, would, like, we'll go buy crawfish. It's like $1.29, $1.39, $1.19 a pound, yep. and we'll do them at home. But now, I mean, it's just been so expensive this year, we haven't done any boiling at home. Last year, we did... Not one, but two crawfish boils, two days in a row for Grace's birthday. They were so good the first day, we had to do it again the second day. So, uh, but not not this year. We went to Pizza Man this year for Grace's birthday. <laughs> Anything else you have to say about the crawfish? Nope. Now. This is the second boil we've been to this season so far, this year so far. But <clears throat> we are supposed to go to your mom and dad's house tomorrow uh-huh. for what? For crawfish boil. For crawfish boil. Awesome. And then another day this week on Wednesday night, we're supposed to go where? Crawfish boil. Oh, crawfish boil. Wow. <laughs> That's right. Another crawfish boil, which is with, where, who's hosting this Nanan one? Nanan and Uncle Rural. Right. Who is, um, Char- Nanan is Char's cousin and godmother. And uh, they are hosting a crawfish boil for their business, company right? Rules, boil, Rules yeah. Company. Uh, they have a crawfish ball there, and we've been invited to go, which is just so wonderful. And we're so grateful to them that they think of us and invite us. 
and we're really looking forward to going. So that'll be the third, wait, wait, fourth crawfish bowl we've gone through this season. And I'm still very anxious to do an episode on crawfish and um, possibly even doing some video or audio of the whole process of boiling crawfish. For all of those poor people in other areas of the country that don't have the blessings that we do in Louisiana with crawfish. So, anyway, uh, my, mouth, my mouth is full, but... Alright, anything else you want to say? That sounds... Sounds good? It's a nice, it's gorgeous. It is a gorgeous day. It's a beautiful day. It's very, very sunny. Almost getting like a sunburn out here, sitting at this picnic table. And, um, well, I think we're just going to sit here and eat. It's a great day. It's just perfect. So we'll be here eating, and uh, perhaps we'll invite you along again in just a, a little while. So, bon appetit. actually eating crawfish again. <laughs> right now it is what 10 10 30 Sunday night. And I want to have and we're <laughs> we're eating crawfish for the second time today. And we're eating crawfish for the third time this weekend. And mm-hmm. I want some pasta. And the fourth time this season. <laughs> and this isn't it. We still have more to go. Yeah we have two more ice boxes. We have an entire ice chest full of crawfish. Two more ice chests. Not two more. This is it. Oh, I thought we had two more. No. Mm-mm. Oh, I want my pasta. Okay, baby. Mm. Okay, this is actually really insane. Well, see. It's 1030. Oh, I Well, come over here and tell me how insane it is because nobody can hear you over there. Well, um, crawfish is really good fish. Good deal on Fridays and Lent and... <laughs> I really think it's a good My idea. Well, we've had quite a few crawfish boils, and we had one just yesterday, and now and we had another one today, and now we're getting more crawfish today. And we have another one Wednesday. More crawfish today. We're getting some more on Wednesday, and that would be it. that will be it. So we're going to have. That, that'll be all we know. That'll be all we know of so far. As far as we plan so far, that's how much, that's what it's going to be, so. Do you like crawfish? Oh, yeah, like, what do you think? You eat, you eat the fat, too? Yeah. Duh. Duh. Yummy. What's favorite part? My favorite part is the meat. My favorite part is the garlic. Yeah, mine. I love the garlic too. No, I don't like it. I don't see the garlic in in this ice chest though. Well, here's the story. The story is. There's no garlic in sushi. Yesterday, we were invited to a crawfish boil. That was. It's really a huge party they have every year. These people, who, Charlie actually went to school, went to college with uh, the 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 wife, the mom, Mm -hmm. and they have a party every year. Huge party every year with hundreds of people there. 
and they do it. So it's a crawfish boil. It's going to boil about 400 pounds of crawfish. <clears throat> so that's what we did yesterday. And today, went to uh, my in-laws to charge parents and boil crawfish again. And, uh, you know, you probably heard me talk about my mother-in-law. She is the queen of crawfish. Her, her, her method, her recipe is flawless. So, of course, they were like phenomenal, outstanding crawfish we the had there. Best. The best. Thank you, Annabelle. And we're on our way home from Baton Rouge from my in-laws. And Sean had gotten a message from her cousin, who's also her godmother. And when she called her back, she said, well, where are y'all? Right, we're on our way back to Baton Rouge. She said, well, y'all want some crawfish? It's <laughs> like, well, we, we just had some. But anyway, they had a huge crawfish ball at their house. Tons of leftovers and said, come by. You can pick up an ice chest. Basically, you can pick some up. Is what they said. When we get there, it's like an entire ice chest full of crawfish. That's why it's 1030 at night right now, and we're eating crawfish on a sunny night. I mean, we're not, we're, I don't know why I get eating them, because it's just because the kids say they're hungry, no, even though we've been I eating all day. I wanted some. But they probably didn't eat as many crawfish as we did. Yeah, they just ate all day. Literally. That's what they do at my mom's house. They start eating and then... Eat all day? They eat. Eating. Eating. Literally eating. all day. That's it at the table, baby. So now I'm feeding them pasta because I'm not going to let my children eat crawfish at 1045 a night. Because it's too messy? It's a little too much for little kids, you know? Yeah. Here, or do you have anything else you want to talk about? As far as oh, I mean, food? it's been so much fun. We've had a great weekend. Well, can you come over here and talk about it okay. where people can hear you? We've been gone all weekend and it's been a blast, and the weather was gorgeous, and it's been fantastic, huh? I'm just tickled that we have all this crawfish. I know, huh? It's fun. And we're going to a crawfish ball Wednesday. I know. It's like uh, here we are. Gosh. It's supposed to be so the the the, uh, the 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 crop. The season is supposed to be pretty, you know, pretty rough. Crawfish have been scarce for a while, where normally they wouldn't be. And here we are, hitting four crawfish balls, basically in like the period of five days. You know, that's amazing. And we have like a huge amount of crawfish right now at our house. It's incredible. So, uh, this is awesome. Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Pocket, the goodie lady? My goodness, she makes some good... Goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread chocolate icing between. Very. It's good. Uh, it's very good. We do have some feedback from last episode, and I'd like to share that with you right now. Uh, Christy Martin wrote in, and 
She has a website. She has a blog. It's uh, gardenofholiness.blogspot.com. That is gardenofholiness.blogspot.com. And this is what she had to say. She said, you have really touched on a source or a symptom of empty and unfulfilling interaction in our world today. The fast food culture is a cultural disconnect. As a first grade teacher, I was appalled at the lunchroom behavior I saw. For my class, I canceled the lunchroom, and we all ate together in the classroom for several months while we learned all those meal rituals that these children had rarely experienced. It was an eye-opening experience for me as well. Behavior problems plummeted, and the kids really bonded with me and each other. Years later, I'm a mom who insists on all meals at the table, and your post is so to the point. Well, thank you so much, Christy. Um, it, it sounds like you had a phenomenal experience, a really eye-opening experience as well, uh, as you said. Uh, it's amazing how many children are growing up today in this society where uh, they don't experience uh, family meals, or if, if they do, they experience them only rarely. Um, it's, it's, it's sad, because that's not how it was for, uh, for most of the, the history of the world, right? Fast food only started in, what, the, the uh, 40s or 50s, I believe? It's when uh, McDonald's uh, started. Uh, anyway, and it's just exploded since then. So these kids are growing up in a very different environment. So to actually spend time with them in the classroom, eating and bonding over, uh, over a meal is, is fantastic. So uh, very good. Thank you so much. I received an email also from Mike Lindner. And Mike had a few comments to make about last episode. Uh, first off, he says, I must say that I think a retreat like Abbey Fest can be fast faith if there is no follow-up and continuation of the process in the kids' lives before and after the actual retreat. Uh, Abbey Fest may have been a great breakfast, right, the most important meal of the day, but needs to be followed by second breakfast and 11 Z's, etc. <laughs> uh, I remember as a kid going on retreats, and they were fun, but the next day it was business as usual, and the spirit of the retreat gradually wore off. Uh, secondly, regarding the Judas shuffle, you are again right on. I think people say to themselves, I have received Jesus, what is left? What is left is reverence and respect for the community and for the Blessed Sacrament. They may have received the Blessed Sacrament, but he is still there in front of us all, body, blood, soul, and divinity, visible until the tabernacle door is closed. How rude to turn your back on our Savior and walk away. Uh, as an aside, a friend of mine has a term for the way Catholics leave the parking lot, the Vatican 500, but that's another issue. <laughs> Uh, lastly, a comment on modern society. We are made to do many things. We can boil an egg, hold a baby, row a boat, write a poem, hammer a nail, catch a fish, and praise God. In olden times, each person did all these things, and it was good. Now, in the interest of modern convenience, we have segregated and compartmentalized ourselves, and people like me are humbly out of, I'm sorry, horribly out of shape uh, from sitting at a desk or in a car all day. We have to artificially make work, in other words, exercise, just to keep some semblance of health. Others have jobs that leave them with injuries from overdoing repetitive motions, lifting too much, etc. It's very efficient, but treats us like machines. It's unnatural. Our bodies, minds, and souls suffer from it. I see that fast food is, or I see fast food as another aspect of this. It's efficient. You can eat in 10 minutes, but unnatural. 
we have sacrificed not only the nutrition in the meal, but the time we spend communing with others. Our society encourages this isolation. Just the other day, I saw an ad for a car that has individual DVD players for each passenger and wireless headphones for each, so the entire family can go for a ride and pretend that they're alone. I'm not suggesting we throw out modern convenience. For one thing, without modern technology, we couldn't feed the number of people alive today or have this conversation even, right, via email. Uh, but we need to be careful not to lose track of what's important. Thanks again for an interesting and informative show. Uh, well, thank you so much, Mike. I mean, you make some wonderful, wonderful points, and uh, I thank you for sending those in. Uh, I could talk for another 20 minutes about what you brought up, but I'm going to let your comments stand as they are. They were wonderful. Thank you. Well, if you would like to make comments, if you would like to, uh, uh, to leave feedback for The Catholic Foodie, you can do so uh, three different ways you could do that. You can send an email to catholicfoodie at gmail.com, or you can call the listener feedback line, which is 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. And when you call that, you would just leave a message, right, like you would on an answer machine. The only difference with this is that it's actually it re is recorded as an MP3 file, so I can play that on the show. Uh, you can also, if you have the capabilities uh, on your computer of recording an MP3 file or a WAV file, you can also do that and then send that to me via email at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Well, I think that wraps it up for episode 14. Uh, please join us again on episode 15, which is going to be just a few days away, really. Uh, Holy Thursday. I hope to have that episode out by Holy Thursday. Uh, we have a very special guest who will be speaking with us uh, for episode 15, Dr. Brant Petrie, uh, who is a theologian and is a professor at Our Lady of Holy Cross College in New Orleans. And he is going to talk to us about uh, meals in the Old Testament, like the, old, the covenantal meals, especially uh, the Passover meal and how that relates to the Last Supper and what we know today as the Mass. So please join us for episode 15, um, Holy Thursday. <laughs>